Hi, Mama. Excited to be here with you. I'm really excited for today's topic. It's been on my heart for a long time. This is kind of one I had uh, on the back burner waiting for the right time to bring it up. And today feels like the right time. So I'm really excited because uh, it's just, I just think it's a powerful message from God to us that we need to be reminded of. And um, by the way, I hope you can not be distracted today. If you can hear all the construction noises happening around me, there's construction happening below me, which is so much fun, but we're making it work. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm just excited to share this with you. You know, we've talked a lot about fear and, and how we don't need to fear because really death is not that bad of a thing because we get to go be with Jesus. But I know when, when some of you have heard me say that, you probably have thought, uh, okay, but that's not the worst case scenario. Worst case scenario is something happens to my children, right? And we, we all as mothers can so often have these insane worry problems with our children, so much anxiety, so many questions. And I just want to speak to that for a moment today. And I think God just wants to to bring some truth into your life in terms of fear, anxiety, worry about your kids, because he has, he has an answer. Like he always does, right? Always. He has an answer. So... Before we jump in, I just want to remind you, if you're not in the Facebook group, it's just such a great place. I love getting to hear people's uh, support of each other, people that are walking through similar things, uh, helping people just figure out how to how to start their week right, how to uh, bring to light certain things they need to talk about. And I would love to hear all of your feedback. Uh, me and Lauren run the group, and it's just been such a blessing to get to hear from you and see your face. So make sure you Hop in there. You can find it at bit.ly slash morning mama Facebook group. That's bit.ly slash morning mama Facebook group. So hope to see you there. I love seeing new faces there. So I'm excited. Okay, let's jump in. Cue music. All right, let's dive into the topic of Worrying about our kids, fearing for our kids. You know, even we had a, a really recent episode about COVID and what the Bible, I believe, says about what we are called to in this season. And I think it's so relevant for today's topic because I think as moms, we, most of us are so worried about what it looks like to navigate this season of COVID, uh, both the sickness aspect, both the vaccine aspect, figuring out what to do about schooling. There's so many things happening in our world and it can be overwhelming and it can be scary, especially when we have a a Christian worldview and we're looking at what they're teaching in schools and we don't know what to do about that. And we're looking at vaccine mandates and some of us struggle with that. And what do we do with all of this? How do we make these kind of decisions? Our kids are going to get messed up. Our kids are going to be broken because they're not going to make it, right? Our brains can travel so quickly down that path. and Or even just as we're trying to make these decisions, the pressure mounts to such a high level because we feel like it's life and death. We feel like if we choose wrong, we're going to screw up their lives. We're going to screw up our lives. Everything is going to fall down. But I think God says something different. 
I'm going to read first to start us off. I'm going to read this post. You might have seen it. Uh, it's from a few months ago, but it was circulating in the interwebs of social media, which I don't even know how I saw this because I'm usually not on it too often. I must have been in that moment because this is a few months ago, but you might have seen it. I just thought it was so powerful. I wanted to, to share this with you. It's written by Alex Cravens, and he's a youth pastor at Butterfield Church in Arkansas, and it's just so good. So I had to share it with you. It says, don't feel sorry or fear for your kids because the world they're going to grow up in is not what it used to be. Isn't that so true? It is not what it used to be. That is for sure. It says, God created them and called them for the exact moment in time that they are in. Their life was not a coincidence or an accident. Gosh, isn't that so refreshing to remember? That God knew exactly when they were going to be born. He, he planned them out to be born in this time, which means they're meant for this time. Uh, Alex continues, it says, Raise them up to know the power they walk in as children of God. Train them up in the authority of his word. Teach them to walk in faith, knowing that God is in control. Right? And we're going to talk about this in a minute, but before we teach our kids these things, we got to first know these things in our own heart, right? Otherwise, our kids will never believe us. <laughs> so remember, God is in control. Okay, well, we'll touch on that more. He says, empower them to know that they can change the world. They're world changers. Don't teach them to be fearful and disheartened by the state of the world, but be hopeful that they can do something about it. Every person in all of history has been placed in the time that they were because of God's sovereign plan. He knew Daniel could handle the lion's den. He knew David could handle Goliath. He knew Esther could handle Haman. He knew Peter could handle persecution. And he knows that your child can handle whatever challenge they face in their life. He created them specifically for it. Don't be scared for your children, but be honored that God chose you to parent the generation that is facing the biggest challenges of our lifetime. Rise up to the challenge. Raise Daniels, Davids, Esthers, and Peters. God isn't scratching his head wondering what, what he's going to do with this mess of a world. He has an army he is raising up to drive back the darkness and make him known all over the earth. Don't let your fear steal the greatness God has placed in them. I know it's hard to imagine them as anything besides our sweet little babies, and we just want to protect them from anything that could ever be hard on them, but they were born for such a time as this. Wow! Huh. Did you feel that too? This is how I had to share it with you. And maybe you felt this when you read it months ago, but this is a good reminder. This is so powerful. This is what we need as mamas to be reminded of. There's so much truth that has been spoken in this. And I'm going to share with you in a minute five different ways that we can protect our kids. But first, I, I have to go back to what I was saying a minute ago and remind you, and you know, I talk about this with you all the time, but remind you that you've got to believe these things before you can teach your kids these things. If you want to raise up Daniels and Esthers, you've got to first believe that you're a Daniel or an Esther. Well, you're probably an Esther because <laughs> most likely you're a mama if you're here, but you know what I mean. You have to first believe, one, that God has called you to this job of parenting and to this time in our world. And 
that you have to believe that God has also made them for this time and that all of the things that are happening are not things that we are called to worry about. Rather, we're called to overcome them. Rather, we're called to bring the light to them. Rather, we're called to, to drive out the darkness, like Alex says. This is an amazing calling that we are gifted with. But if we are stuck in worry and anxiety and fear all of the time, which I get, there is so much. If we didn't have God, there'd be so much to fear in our world. There's so much that we could allow fear to take hold over. There's there's a lot. So I'm not trying to minimize that. It's there, right? It is there. It is real. It is alive. It is pervasive. There is much to fear in the world. But God, right? God has another way. Our God is bigger, way, way bigger than all of those things. Gosh, this week I've been reflecting on how small I make God. It's just crazy how often I minimize him to this small thing I can fit in my pocket. And when I think of the problems that I face, I get overwhelmed and think, what am I going to do? Or how is this going to change? Or what's the outcome? And then God keeps reminding me, Brittany, hello, I'm so much bigger than that. I am bigger than you can fathom. I'm bigger than you. Because sometimes, right, like I make my plans so big and I'm like, well, God, here's my plans. I orchestrated them all for you. I have a timeline. It's date date and time stamped. I know the exact things. Here's, Here's all you need to do, God, in this exact order on this exact day. And that will fulfill the promise that you made for me. (laughs) <laughs> he laughs at that <laughs> in love. But my plans, oh gosh, uh, they're nothing compared to his plans. I, I think that I need to tell him how to fulfill the promises he's made me, but I don't. And actually those plans aren't helpful. And what I think in my finite, small being is it doesn't work. <laughs> he can seem far past that. He can see what really needs to happen. He can see the answers. This is kind of a season of this for me where I I keep making these roadmaps to the promises that God has given me. And I I think that it's going to happen in this exact way. And time and time again, in this season specifically, he's been reminding me, let go of your plans. I don't need them. Let go of them. This is not how I'm going to do it. My plans are better than yours. And he says that I don't need you, Brittany, to figure out how these promises that I made are going to be fulfilled. Okay, God. Okay. (laughs) Which is so good. But sometimes so hard to release these ideas we have about how we want things to happen. But then in that, he keeps reminding me, Brittany, I laid out the stars. Mama, I laid out every star in the sky. I, I created our world. I made it so life could exist on earth. And you know, like the more I learn about the world and the solar system, the more I'm in awe of God. Like I just heard, I think I read, (laughs) it was from a a book uh, from the Chick-fil-A kids kids, uh, meal. (laughs) And it says that if the moon wasn't uh, orbiting earth, (laughs) I gotta remember my science words. If it wasn't orbiting Earth, the Earth would slowly speed up until it went faster and faster and faster. And obviously, well, there are very specific 
things that the earth needs in order to sustain life. And I don't know for sure, but I'm pretty sure the speed at which the earth rotates is one of those. And it's a very specific number. And so if God did not put the moon there to make sure the earth was not going to speed up over time, oh my goodness. It just, it blows my mind, the the intentionality that has gone into creation. And so when I remember things like that, really like the stars is one of the things that immediately brings me back to remembering the bigness of God. And, and, And throughout the Bible, there's so many descriptions of God saying, I'm the one that laid out the stars. Like, I'm the one that did all these things. You think you're so big that I laid out the stars. And I keep reading these and it's such a good reminder that all of who he is is so much bigger than he is in my mind, first of all. it's He is so small in my mind compared to who he really is. Even, even when I'm trying to fathom how big he is, it's still nothing in comparison to truly how big he is. And so I look at my problems and I look at these things in the world And at moments I let fear seep in or I let worry or overwhelm seep in because I forget in the bigness of my God. And so I want to remind you of this as as we go into how to protect our kids because for you to convince them this is who they're called to be, for you to help them to know how to be more than conquerors and how to live that out, you have to believe that. You have to believe that's who they are. And, and they're not going to be able to believe that unless you speak that into them and that you don't allow worry to take you over. And so we got to talk about that first. So do the work you need to, to get to a place where you can see it from this perspective that God is in control and he is bigger than all of the things that are happening in the world. He's bigger than all of our fears. He's got it all taken care of and we can trust him with absolutely everything. So I hope that encourages you and reminds you. I know a lot of you know that, but then you slip back into these worries and anxieties and it's this cycle, you know, your pain cycle. If you've heard me talk about that, it's super powerful. Go listen to episodes 15 through 20 on restoration theory and it's, uh, it can help you understand why you keep slipping back into this place of anxiety and worry. And uh, if you want to go deeper into that, I would love to help you with some coaching. Uh, I've just seen amazing transformations happen with the women I've been coaching and it's been so incredible to see how God has spoken to them and set them free and given them new vision and it's been so fun. So make sure you email me at support at morningmama.co if you're interested in that and I can help you walk that out. But whatever you need to, to do that work, make sure you do it because your kids are watching and they're noticing everything that you're doing. So let me dive into, that's the first thing you need to do is, is work to get yourself to a place where you believe this. And then here are five other things that you can do to protect them. Okay, the first one and foremost, and you've heard me talk about that. We actually just recently had a whole episode on this. Number one, teach them about Jesus daily. Like this needs to be the air that you guys breathe. There's an all out battle in this world for them uh, against them finding Jesus, right? The world does not love Jesus. The world has viewpoints completely contrary to Jesus. And 
If we are not helping our kids understand their faith and and how to live that out and how to see through the lens of what the Bible says, then all of the things that they're learning in school and through the world and through our culture, those voices are going to be so much louder because they're getting constantly bombarded with that on a daily basis, just as we are. I mean, you've probably felt that. I know I have in our world. And so we've got to prepare them. We've got to constantly, not in an annoying way, but in a life-giving way, constantly be praying with them and reading the Bible with them and, and talking with them about their sin nature. And, and that's, that's why you made this choice. And, you know, we've got to bring that to Jesus and he's going to help you overcome that and talk about forgiveness and grace and all of these things, all of these concepts that we know. Most of us, if we've been walking with Jesus, or even if we're new to faith, you know, just the idea of grace. If you've said yes to Jesus, you know about the idea of grace. So teach your kids about that. Teach your kids about how you found Jesus, how how you realize that you're in need of a savior, that you, you can't do it on your own, and you mess up when you try to, but Jesus had another way. And that's the way of grace and and talk about that as they make mistakes and as you make mistakes. Weave this into everyday moments and let it just become the the culture of your household. Let it become the, the way that you guys converse, the way that you see things together. Model for them how you turn to Jesus when you're struggling. When you're in the middle of a parenting decision and you are feeling frustrated and you just want to yell or maybe you just yelled, Show them how you pray to God and you ask for help and you you ask for forgiveness. Show them what that looks like. Or if you're in the middle of a conflict with your husband and your kids are there, show them what it looks like to ask for forgiveness. Show them what it looks like to, to resolve that conflict and do it from the power of God and invite God into that. And the way that you model these things is going to go so far with helping them understand how to know Jesus, how to live out this life with Jesus. So... You've heard me talk about it. I won't go on. Make sure you go listen to that episode. I can't remember which one it was. It was really recently um, about teaching this. I think it's called the number one thing you need to teach your kids. Spoiler alert. It's about Jesus. <laughs> so make sure you dive into that if you want to know more what that looks like. And I think we'll be talking to uh, in the near future about some more specific examples of, of ways that you can do this. Okay, number two. You've heard me talk about this too as well. It's so important. Love and discipline them well. And you need both of these things to be constant and strong. And these two things are how my pastors summarize how they parented. And I love the simplicity of this, that they they talk about how these are the two things they focused on is loving them so well, helping them feel seen and known and helping them know they're not alone, just pressing into them with love, being consistent with that, but also at the same time, being consistent and strong with discipline and that those two things run side by side and you need both of them. You can't neglect one or the other or that the train's going to go off the track. <laughs> and I, that is so that is how you protect your kids. You help them feel safe and known in the context of your relationship. You help them know that they can come to you with things. You you help them know that you're a safe person and that you want to hear from them. You got to listen to them. You got to create space for them to talk. You got to ask them questions. You got to do things that you know they like. You have to press into them in ways that you know they feel loved. And when you're consistent with that, you create this safe space. But also what creates this safe space is discipline. 
Our kids are not born morally neutral. We are not born morally neutral. And I know that's the common thought in today's world. And uh, again, I have an episode that I just did recently on this. Um, I I can't remember what it was called. It was super recent. But, you know, talking about how we are born with a sin nature. And so we cannot see things without that. We cannot just think our kids are going to uh, listen and obey and, and be good if we just talk to them and we just uh, let them be the way they are. <laughs> our job as parents is to discipline them, to teach them what it looks like to live a life that Jesus is calling us to. And what that looks like is teaching them to obey us as parents, because when they leave our homes, their responsibility is to obey their father in heaven. And so if they don't learn that obedience in our homes, they're not going to be able to live out that obedience in their lives. And so we've got to be consistent with discipline. And we're going to be talking more about this soon. But today, for just today, I'm going to say, make sure you figure out a plan for discipline that you can be consistent with, that you can be on the same page with your husband on, that you guys can to walk it out together and you know that you're united in it. This is so important because I know in those moments I've been there when I'm like, what do I do? I've heard this and I've heard this and I don't know what to do. And I get triggered. I get into my pain cycle and then I'm acting out of a place of pain. And so that's when my anger with them comes up. That's because I feel insecure and I'm like, I don't know what to do in this moment. And so now they get my anger, which I don't believe is ever a way to parent. We all, not shame in that because we all have been there. We've all had those moments, but I don't believe it's a good game plan. I don't think any of us would agree that it's a good game plan, right? And so you need to have a plan that you can follow. And that creates so much peace and so much freedom because you know the game plan. You know that if this happens, then I'm going to do this. This is the consequence. This is, you know, it's all mapped out for you. And so I really encourage you to form that plan of discipline. The the book that I'm going to be talking about soon is Shepherding a Child's Heart. It's super helpful. Um, But there's also some other great Christian resources out there. So just make sure you're following one that's Christ-centered because we can't uh, base something as big as parenting in what the world thinks, in the world's ideas. We have to base it in what the Bible says. So make sure you have a plan, whatever that's going to be, and make sure you're in agreement on it with your spouse. And with that, I, I have to add, you know, for a while, uh, as a therapist, I had heard this point of view that we should only ever talk to our kids about safety, like what's going to keep them safe. And that is the only place that we should correct them. And so for a minute, I'm like, oh, that sounds great. That's so simple. I can teach parents that just, you know, only with regards to safety. Now, flash forward, I'm a parent and I'm starting to process some of the things I learned and heard back then. And I do not at all agree with that anymore. I believe that part of what God calls us to is to be people that honor others, which means respect, which means speaking kindly. It means making sure that we are loving people with, with how we speak and honoring the well, honoring all around, but showing this special respect to our parents and to people that are older than us. And if we are only correcting for safety, 
there would be none of that. We're just going to let our kids talk however they want. And I do not agree with that. And so I'm just throwing that out there for any of you that might have fallen into that belief that we should kind of gloss over those moments and we should only think about their safety or the safety of others. But uh, actually, I believe we need to look at their attitudes and the, the places their heart is in and what, you know, what is coming out of their mouth. Because from the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. We have to care about what's in our kids' hearts. So make sure you have a plan for discipline and that it's based in what the Bible says. Okay, number three, we have to have hard conversations about all of the things. I know sometimes parents can skirt away from this, that conversations about sex and sexuality and drugs and pornography and, you know, the list goes on. These can be topics that we shy away from, that we don't want to go there. They're uncomfortable. We don't know what to say. We feel like we're going to mess it up. We, We just figure they'll figure it out like most of us did. But actually, this could not be more important. If we are not talking with our kids about these topics, their only source of information is going to be what the world says. And we know as Christ followers, the Bible says something completely different about these topics than what the world is saying. And I think most of us have seen the world is moving more and more in the opposite direction. And and this is becoming more and more pervasive in schools, teaching uh, opposite of what biblical truths are. And we've got to be aware of this and we've got to have these conversations regularly with our kids. And I've heard, I, you've probably heard things, I've heard things, I know, uh, at least in California, middle schoolers are learning about gender fluidity. I know I've heard some classrooms in other parts of the country are no longer allowed to use he and she pronouns, but must only use they. Um, there's there's so much happening in our world. And if we aren't having conversations with our kids about these topics, they are not going to take on a biblical worldview because it does not feel good to be a Christian right now. It, it kind of feels wrong. It feels like I can't believe this and uh, be right. I can't believe this and be loving. And I don't believe that's true, but I know it feels that way. It feels like I'm doing something wrong by believing what the Bible says. And if we feel that having grown up in a generation before our kids where this was, you know, starting to be a part of our world, but nowhere near where it is now. How are, th- if, if we're struggling, how are they going to handle it? it? It is all in their face now. It is taught just right alongside uh, earth science, right? It's taught right alongside math. It is looked at as truth just as much as those are. You gotta, so you've got to talk to your kids. Gotta ask them questions. Ask them what they think. Ask them what they're learning about. Ask them what their struggles are. Tell them the truth of the Bible in love. Make sure we're always teaching from a place of love. That's who God is. God is a God of love. And so we cannot talk about this from a place of hate or just what is right and wrong. We we gotta talk about God loves everyone and the church should welcome everyone. However, God has created 
the world in a specific way and created humans in a specific way. And we've got to go there with our kids and, and help them unpack it. Go into scripture, read it with them, read some books on the, this, There's some great books on this. Make sure your kids are aware of what is in the world. Make sure they're aware of the temptations that are going to be out there that could steal from them, right? Pornography is such a big one. And there's some really great, uh, actually picture books for kids that teach them, uh, and just a beautiful, simplistic way for kids about how to, to not look at that if they see that, right? Because, you know, we're like 10 year olds often have access to the internet. And so at younger and younger ages, 10 is even pretty, pretty old. I think it happens a lot younger than that. And so if we're not talking about them and teaching them what to do when these moments arise, they're not going to know what to do. They don't, they don't know. And so we've got to have these conversations with them. And there's some really great books um, besides the, I'll link the picture book as well, but there's also some really great books from Focus on the Family that talk about sex starting at age three. And there's, uh, it's like a set of, I think five or six different books. And for each age, you read a different book and it teaches them about the concepts of, of what God says about sex in a way that that three-year-old can understand and, and is ready to digest. But we got to start younger than we think because the world is coming at them and we want them to have a healthy view of sex. Like sex is good. So we don't want to, to just separate it and say, oh, we should only talk about sex uh, when they're a teenager. That's too late. It's too late by then. We've got to start talking now. And, and there's nothing wrong with talking in a healthy way uh, with a three-year-old about sex because we want them to, to know God's plan. I don't even think the book that I'm referencing even uses the word sex. I've read it to my three-year-old and it's more talking about where babies are coming from and, and what God's plan is. And it's, it's really great. And so I really encourage you to get those books or so find some other Christian resources so you can begin engaging your kid wherever they're at. And no shame if you have missed that mark and they're older and you're like, oh gosh, I haven't had any of these conversations. That's okay. Start now. It's not too late. Just dive in and don't be awkward. (laughs) I know it can be hard, but just try and be chill. We're going to talk uh, in the next episode about tips on uh, talking with teenagers. And so use some of those tips. Be cool. Don't be weird. It's okay. Like you don't have to feel weird about this. This is good. God created sex. We don't have to be ashamed of it. It's amazing. God is so good. And so we got to be cool with that and be ready to talk about these hard things with our teenagers, our young kids, all of it. So I hope that you'll dive into some of those conversations and equip yourself. If you don't know what the Bible says or you don't know how to talk about it, make sure you dive into some of the literature out there. There's a really great book I still need to read. It's called Embodied and it's by Preston Sprinkle. And I, again, have not personally read it yet, but my pastor has read it and it's just been a really great way to be equipped for this conversation because we do need to be equipped. We need to know how to answer some of our kids' questions. We need to know how to talk about biblical truth in a way that our kids can understand. We need to answer some of the questions we have because I think a lot of us are struggling with this. And so for any of you that are listening to this and you're like, oh, I don't know exactly what she's talking about, but I feel like I don't know where I stand on this. Hey, that's okay. Just dive in, do some research, figure out what the Bible does say. Also know that you are welcome here, no matter what you believe. You're welcome to be in this tribe wherever you're at in your faith journey. 
I want you here. And so I hope that you feel that in churches you go to as well. I believe that's the way of Jesus. So I want you to know no matter your beliefs on these topics, I love that you're here. But I do encourage you to go and dive into some literature, into the Bible, and to really equip yourself for the, these conversations that are not going to stop in our world. It's only going more and more in that direction.